When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Labs, you're such a visionary to have maintenance put in that industrial strength air conditioner in your palatial estate up there at St. Vincent because, man, it is a scorcher out there. It's affecting the players during practice, and Coach Tomlin couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's tough about it is sometimes when I'm trying to uh, write uh, my practice report, um, the, the sight of my breath kind of uh, <laughs> icy fogs in there. up the to, right, to fogs up the laptop screen. So you know, I'm constantly trying to wipe it down. But you know, it, hey, we all have little. Um, little crosses to bear, little uh, adversities to overcome. And while the players are trying not to, um, you know, pass out from the heat, I have to make sure that uh, the the, the uh, steam from my breath, since it's, you know, and the, the cafeteria did ask if they, if they minded, if I minded if they stored some meat in here. Um, oh, nice. And I said, no, go ahead. That's, that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah, go ahead. You know, so um, – the more you can do, you know, everybody's got to sacrifice a little bit for the team. So I'm letting them use the uh, asked and answered suite in Benedict Hall <laughs> to store some of their extra meat. You're just such a team player, Labs. That's why you got the reputation that you have up around those parts. <laughs> yeah, right. The reputation that I have. Let's not go any farther into that, though, okay? <laughs> well, you know, when it comes to the heat, it is tough to see some players have to leave practice a little early, but... Silver lining out of that, Labs. This is the second practice now where I'm reading an injury report, and there's really nothing to report of significance other than those guys suffering from heat fatigue. And No, no, no. Let's not, you know, you say Beetlejuice three times and you know what happens. So let's <laughs> 18 <laughs> injuries today. I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, it, it's I, – I think it's something that is somewhat helpful or at least um, – you know, revealing to the to the players themselves. I mean, I, I know that it's hot. Um, I'm certainly not uh, during practice doing anything remotely uh, active as they are. Um, but I think that having this experience the first couple of days, you know, it's still acclimation period. So um, you know, that's kind of what they're doing. That that's kind of what they're doing. They're acclimating themselves to the conditions because you know this is this is Latrobe. Uh, it's going to be August here real soon, and coming up here a lot. You know, there's there's not a lot of 75 degree days, um, so uh, you know it, it, it's going to only get more intense, both in terms of you know pads going on and hitting starting and you know that kind of stuff, but also as as camp goes on, uh, you know the the stakes raise, and so. Right. Uh, you know, you get closer to preseason games, and then preseason games get you closer to cutdown day. Uh, you know those kind of things. So um, I, I think, in some ways, and who knows, maybe I'm just looking for the silver lining as I whistle through the graveyard here. Uh, but um, you know, some of these minor heat things. You know, you you don't want to see anyone 
um, in real distress. Right. Um, but some cramping or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, and they're, that, that's the way it is now too. I mean, as soon as <clears throat> someone gives the slightest indication of reacting adversely to the heat, I mean, the, the training staff, they're all over him with, um, not only water, but you should see some of the other stuff that they have, you know, it's, um, like this, it's, it's almost like a, I wouldn't say it's not like a gel, but it's really thick syrupy stuff that they, it's in a little packet and you cut it and you just right in the guy's mouth. Yeah, really I've seen fast. This before. I, mean, it, um, I take them every morning after know. a couple of few minutes, too many beers. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of advances in these areas and, you know, certainly up here, everything that is available to help, um, that situation, uh, you know, they have it on hand and some guys like different things and some things work differently for different guys. Um, you know, but the days of, um, you know, sucking on an orange in the locker room, that's <laughs> over, you know, they, they're, it's way more advanced than that. And another thing that happens all the time is <clears throat> every day now during training camp, players weigh, weigh in and then after practice, they weigh in. And if you lose too much weight, I mean, they, they deal with that too, because sometimes you may not even realize, right. um, you know, <laughs> I would love to, you know, some of the weight losses that these players might <laughs> undergo during a practice. I'm thinking maybe I could, maybe I could stand it for 90 minutes out there, <laughs> you know, a quick, quick eight or nine pound loss sure beats the heck out of, uh, you know, eating, uh, grass clippings for a month, you know, and hoping <laughs> to drop a couple LBs. So, um, but yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, resources here for players to, you know, take care of the situation. And, you know, Mike Tomlin, you know, he has kind of referred to it a little bit, a couple of times now, only in gentle ways, you know, we have to be hydrating. We have, but I mean, if this continues in the same guys, are having this problem, um, it's it's gonna his his tone might change a right. little bit because you know you need to take care of this. You're already kind of seeing that tone shift. He's he's stressed in the past two press conferences about availability. He hasn't you know gotten yeah. upset about it yet, but he he's let players know, hey, availability is pretty important at this time of year. Yeah, and especially when it's you know hydrating. Um, yeah, it's pretty you know, basic. It's not like yes. So, you know, again, it, it's, it's early yet. And, you know, there hasn't really, it's, it's been minor, uh, annoyances maybe than, you know, uh, really bad situations. But, you know, again, as I said, if, if it's not something that is, you know, addressed by the individual and taken care of by the individual, um, you know, then if he's got to get involved or the, uh, <clears throat> there, there would be some, I don't know, mandatory, drink this much or, you know, do this or do that, you know, they'll change, um, what, what you eat, when you eat, you know, all those kinds of things are now available and they expect, uh, players to avail themselves of those services. Well, coach Tomlin spoke with the media following practice yesterday, as he always does. And to say that he kept it brief would be an understatement. Here's a couple minutes of coach Tomlin after practice yesterday. Man, really good day today. Um, love the heat, um, and I mean it. It's uncomfortable, 
uh, but it aids in development individually and collectively. Guys get an opportunity to develop and display conditioning. Um, the atmosphere is challenging from an assignment standpoint in terms of staying wired in through fatigue and being able to execute, whether it's assignments or fine motor skills. It's just a really good environment for us to get to know them, for them to get to know themselves and in a really challenging way. Um, flip side of that though is we gotta really be professional, take care of our bodies, hydrate, keep this group up, man, because availability is also a really big, big component of improving. And we had a couple of guys that weren't able to finish because of heat related things. And um, it's probably routine this time of year. Leal missed a block at time. I think he was able to come back. Uh, Deontay, Connor. Um, so we'll just keep an eye on those guys and um, hopefully we'll get another hot day out here tomorrow and continue with this uh, developmental process. Um, first, first opportunity to hit some situational ball today. Um, some third down things, some short field things. It's, it's just a component of it. We can't wait really long before we start talking about situations and how it changes the unwritten rules of the game and, and the things that they need to display in those moments in an effort to win them. And so um, there'll be a lot of that as we continue. It's just good to be back out here. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Was Deontay's exit anything injury related or was it more just heat related? Heat related, like I said. There was a time in seven shots when you wiped one off the board. Uh, we possibly had a pre-snap penalty. It was some debate. We don't have the officials out here yet. I wanted to get a clear winner or loser, and so we just replayed the down. Um, this is football-like. It's not football. Sometimes we're going to do some things to for clarity and competition. I'll leave that between us, man. Um, just part of team development, man. Everything is not uh, for public consumption. <laughs> well, and you know, um, Bert Loughton, the PR director, is always there. And once the questions start either becoming repetitive or questions about what he has al already said, you know, like the Deontay Johnson thing, he concluded Deontay Johnson in, well, in the, you know, with the, the, the people who, um, had some heat-related issues, okay? So then if you ask about, well, is he injured? Well, you know, so, you know, again, and I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just trying to explain the dynamic of, that, of, of those sessions and how that dynamic evolves and changes over the course of, I don't know how many, 21 days up here or whatever it is. So, um, you know, you, you just, you, you can't, uh, focus, you know, can't take a snapshot and say, boy, he's surly or boy, he's honked off or, you know, isn't he being mean or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, because as I said, you know, it's a long time up here. Um, some things have been said. Uh, and again, you know, you have so many different media members from so many different outlets and, you know, blogs and websites and, you know, everybody kind of wants to, um, make their mark, so to speak, or, you know, get their own personal soundbite. And, you know, whether that's necessary or not, you know, we could argue that or debate that forever, but I'm just telling you how he's going to react. And, um, you know, you'll never hear me asking that question. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Seven shots made its debut in practice yesterday, Labs. They're not in pads yet, but still, that's one of the more exciting things that you can witness at Steelers Camp because you get a tangible result out of that. You get a winner and you get a loser. Yeah, you get a winner and you get a loser, and it's a it's a very compact thing, not only in terms of um, – where you know it's a, a a small area on the field, the ball's at the two yard line, so right. it's the two yard line and then the ten yards in the end zone. So everything's kind of <clears throat> uh, compact down there. It it moves along pretty quickly, one play to the next. I mean, there's not a lot of dead time in between, um, and you know it, it. As you said, you get a clear winner and a clear loser. Now, uh, yesterday was the first. Uh, seven shots. There was no seven shots. The first on-field practice uh, came on Thursday. They didn't do it that day. I don't know why. Um, I was kind of waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, and it didn't happen. Uh, maybe there were just other things because it was a sh- um, it was the acclimation day, too, right, but the, the first practice. day on the field. Right, it was only 90 minutes, so maybe there were some other things they wanted to get through instead of that. Now, last year, uh, I don't know if you remember, but um, the winner, you know, Mike, Mike Tomlin, we heard him in his um, in that last segment after practice presser say he wanted a clear winner and a clear loser. Yes. Now, the reason for that is the clear winners eat better at dinner time. <laughs> they get the they get the better food. Now, uh, he, Mike Tomlin created that little um, perk or, you know, addition to the competition thing. Uh, and it, it's, it, you know, let me say this, <laughs> the group that loses isn't eating peanut butter, you know, so, uh, <laughs> <A> toasted cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the winners, they, they get a little something, something, you know, for winning the, um, winning the drill. And so, uh, that's why, uh, as I'm going to, as we go over the plays, there's going to be one. We heard Mike Tomlin say, um, there was maybe a, a, a pre-snap penalty there. There were no officials. Um, so yet, and <laughs> with with those kinds of situations, as always, everybody's arguing for their case. You know, all the defensive players <laughs> are saying it was a false start. And for example, on that particular play, you know, all the offensive players would have been yelling they were in the neutral zone. You know, so if you don't have officials there. You know, it's, it's all it is is just a big argument, and so he just said, "Do it over," uh, because as he said, <laughs> he wanted a clear winner and a clear loser, and that's what he ended up with. And, and when the voice of God says to do it over, everybody just shuts their mouth and does it. Over. Right? I mean, because then the argument's over. You know, that's it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yesterday the offense did uh, come out with the win, um, and just to run it down real quick for 
the listeners, um, and, and the 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 drill was divided between at quarterback Kenny Pickett and then Mitch Trubisky. They didn't go through three quarterbacks, just two, and those were the two. Uh, Kenny Pickett threw incomplete on the first play, you know, and this is one of those things where you can't really. It was the ball hit the ground, right. you know, where the receivers in the wrong place. Did the defense take the route away? Did Pickett just miss the throw? I don't know, but it was incomplete. Okay, next play, uh, Pickett uh, threw a touchdown pass to Allen Robinson, who did a really nice job along the back of the uh, the back the end line to uh, ma- uh, make the catch, secure the ball, and get his feet in bounds. It was a, a very nice technically executed uh, situation by the wide receiver. That makes it one-to-one. One one. Uh, the third play, um, Cole Holcomb would have sacked him if, if, you were, if it was a live <laughs> right. drill or a, a real play. If he wouldn't have gotten uh, cut if he actually did sack him, it would have been done. <laughs> right. But, you know, again, for um, fans looking at these drills, you know, Mike Tomlin says this a lot, um, you know, a good play by the offense it can be – uh, portrayed as a bad play by the defense and vice versa. So usually in seven shots, what I have found is is that the people watching have a tendency to be cheering for the offense. I mean, that's just, I don't know <laughs> if it's uh, human nature for football fans or what. But uh, so, but on that, in that instance, um, Cole Holcomb made a nice play to get through um, the protection and he would have, that would have been a sack. Um, but then, um, then it was 2-2 two, two again on the next play. Uh, Anthony McFarland started out in the backfield, uh, came out of the backfield, flared off to the left, and was wide open. So, you know, maybe the great play that the defense made on the previous one, somebody blew a coverage on the next one. Again, um, you can look at it any way you want, but the bottom line was that made it 2-2. Two, two. Um, then came, uh, Pickett went out, Trubisky came in, and then Trubisky's first snap, that was the one that turned into a do-over. You know, he was in the shotgun. The ball came back. He was didn't look like he was ready for it. So, you know, again, um, was it a motion by the offense? Did, did, something, did the defense do something to either um, initiate the snap or force the Who knows? Okay, but that's the do-over. Um, so that left play's done over. Trubisky then on the next snap gave the offense a 3-2 lead. Um, the the protection did a nice job for him moving the pass rush uh, around to the sides and kind of funneling it behind the quarterback. And then he was you know, able to just almost walk through the middle uh, over the goal line. 3-2 offense. Um, then the next two plays... Uh, Trubisky completed passes in the end zone. Uh, first one to Gunnar Olszewski, uh, 4-2. Then to Des Fitzpatrick, 5-2. Um, win for the offense. Um, steak and crab claws for, for that <laughs> unit, or whatever it happened to be. And now it's confirmed that the offense will be better and more explosive this year. Perfect <laughs> for all things around for the offense to eat well, well and for the fans to be able to sleep at night knowing, ah, we've got our offense fixed. Well, or, um, you know, uh, five touchdowns and seven red zone trips. What's that mean? I mean, do that math. Oh, that'll be, that'll be on the, the spot NFL. like that. Let's just do this. That's over 50%. Well over 50%. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Allen Robinson caught one of those touchdown passes during seven shots, and we're going to hear from him in just a second, but he was pretty impressive yesterday, wasn't he, Labs? I saw a lot of people tweeting about, you know, his impact on the field, and, you know, that's an acquisition that might fly a little bit under the radar when you look at some of the other guys like Pat Pete that they brought in and some of the rookies, but the impact from Allen Robinson could be great this year. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he... Uh, will provide something that I think this offense needs. Um, you know, as I said, he uh, has the, the, the experience and the skill set to make that kind of play that he made in the back of the end zone on the um, first uh, touchdown of uh, seven, seven shots. Uh, and as I said, you know, a lot of times with young receivers or young players, you might see a guy really not have a really good awareness of where he is on the field. And so, um, you know, maybe you, you fail to get the second foot down or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, you can't worry too much about securing the ball and not know where your feet are. Because if you secure the ball and your feet aren't where they're supposed to be, it's just as incomplete as if you let the ball go through your hands. So, uh, as I said, that was a, a veteran savvy thing, good technique, um, you know, a, a, an NFL play by a wide receiver. And Allen Robinson, I think, has some um, versatility, some flexibility. He can play different, you know, the X, Y, the Z, as they call these, as they label the receivers. And, you know, who's the slot guy? Who's, you know, is right. Calvin Austin the third? You know, these are the questions that we were hearing during the spring um, coming into before training camp, you know, I think Allen Robinson is going to have a lot to say about, you know, some of these roles. Uh, and I think that he can fill into some of these roles and he can play, you know, different spots because I don't think anymore you're going to see a situation, especially with good teams, where the same guy is in the same position all the time. Like your number three receiver once upon a time was the slot guy. Well, you can't do that anymore. You just, I mean, it, the the defenses are too multiple and offenses as a result have to be just as multiple. And so you can't line up a guy in the same spot and have him run the same kinds of routes all the time because that makes it easier for the defense to take him out of those plays or render him ineffective. So, you know, Allen Robinson, as I said, he has uh, experience, he has some versatility, and his skill set is... Um, varied enough uh, that you know he can contribute in certain situations from different spots uh, within the offense. So, yeah, I, I think Allen Robinson could be uh, a very nice acquisition for this team and a guy who contributes to this offense and helps it improve. The veteran wide receiver spoke with the media yesterday on campus. Let's hear what Allen Robinson had to say. So how's camp going so far? It's going well. You know, it feels good to be out there. You know, it feels good to be, you know, much improved from, you know, where I was at in the spring. You know, so just uh, continuing to stack blocks and get better every day. Health good for you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, feeling good. How comfortable are you right now? You've had a couple months with this offense and with the guys. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. You know, again, I never like to, you know, uh, say things are too comfortable. I feel like in any situation, you never want to be too comfortable, you know. But at the same time, you know, being able to learn my teammates, being able to learn the playbook, being able to get uh, familiarity with the coaches and things like that, you know, it's a good feeling. A lot of the younger receivers coming up to you and helping you helping guys like George Pickens out. Yeah, definitely. You know, again, I mean, um, as much knowledge as I can give, you know, 
across the board. You know, that's on the field, off the field, you know, just talking to guys. That's, you know, across the board, not just receivers. You know, that's skill position, alignment. You know, by having a vet and having some experience, uh, about being a vet and having some experience, you know, you're able to give a lot of um, uh, knowledge to younger guys. Yeah, just being to... the first slot guy mean anything to you? Um, well, you know, again, I mean, I'm just trying to come here, you know, do what I need to do, you know, um, uh, make plays, you know, find my role in the offense and things like that. Is that the position you like? Is that where you want to be? I mean, again, I mean, I'm I'm comfortable playing inside or outside, you know. But again, I mean, I played a lot of inside in my career, you know. So I've done both, you know. So again, like I said before, you know, for me, uh, it's just about bringing value to this team, bringing value to this offense. You had a chance to work with some of these guys, specifically Kenny Pickett, away from the head the Steelers headquarters. I mean, what do you like about him? What have you learned about him? Um, and and how how do you guys gel together right now? Yeah, you know. Um, Obviously, you know, he's very skilled, you know, but, you know, like I said before, you know, for me, it's about, you know, seeing uh, the maturity of a of a second year guy, you know, seeing the command that a guy has, you know, and and being able to uh, to get us, you know, play in uh, and play out, you know, having the confidence coming to the huddle, getting us right, you know, making sure where everybody's where they need to be and things like that, you know, for a second year guy, you know, he's he's head and shoulders, you know over a lot. Is that surprising that a second year guy is kind of running the show out there? I mean, I know, we've seen it before, but kind of commanding attention and details from everyone. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, you know, again, I mean, from from what I've saw from Kenny, you know, from afar, even when he was at Pitt, you know, he's been he's been a winner, you know, and and you can kind of tell in his demeanor and in his mannerisms, you know, that that's the kind of leadership and stuff that he has, you know, so so coming, I wasn't surprised at all. Alan, there's not a lot of guys in the league that have double digit Number of the uh, years experience either on the team or in the NFL. What, what has gotten you this far? Um, I think uh, diligence, you know, in my work ethic, you know, and in my day-to-day -day work, you know, being able to step every time I step on the field, you know, trying to get things accomplished. You know, that's practice, that's game, you know, whatever it may be, you know, and that's taking what I do very seriously. You know, so for me, uh, again, each and every day, it's about getting better. It's about finding ways that I can improve myself, finding ways that I can help this team improve. Alan, Kenny was talking about the offense finding its balance entering the season. Then your experience finding that out early in training camp as opposed to maybe later in training camp, how has that benefited in the offense going forward? Um, I mean, whenever you can kind of get in the groove and find things early, you know, I think that's always beneficial, you know, because you start to get the ball rolling early. You know, guys are able to figure themselves out. Guys are able to figure others out, you know, and just kind of see, you know, what works and what works best, you know. So, again, you know, I feel like for us, you know, as a as an offense, we had a solid first day. You know, I thought for us it was, it was for the most part, clean, which is what you want to see, you know, coming into training camp, you know, is, is, is things being clean, guys being where they need to be and things like that. You know, as you continue to progress through camp, you know, you, you continue to improve and you continue to stack those blocks. In what ways do you feel you complement Deontay and George, and how do you feel you figure your skill set kind of works along with theirs? Yeah, and I thought we all have a little bit different playing styles, you know, all a little bit different size and things like that, you know. So I feel like for us, we complement each other, you know, uh, uh, very well. You know, Tay is super quick. You know, George is a, a bigger dude, you know, who can who can do a little bit of everything, you know, and same, and same with myself, you know, being able to play inside, being able to play outside, you know. So, again, for us, you know, I think with our different skill sets, you know, we have, we have some similarities, but we also have differences that complement each other. How much did you have an opportunity to work individually with Kenny? You know, did you have sessions where it was just the yeah. two of you guys working? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a chance to work with Kenny right after OTAs. You know, again, just being able to get the, to get out on the field, you know, and to be able to kind of piggyback on some of the things from OTAs, 
you know, uh, uh, conceptually, you know, just talking through different concepts of, you know, how he would like things to be, where I need to be at, and different things like that, you know. So we definitely got a chance to do that. You've been in the league for a little bit, but what kind of jump can a quarterback make that you can see as a receiver from year one to year two? Yeah. Um, I think across the board, you know, I think guys have a lot of jump, have a big jump, you know, from year one to year two. Just being able to, you know, your first year in NFL, you know, you're taking a lot in, you know, as far as, you know, uh, playbook-wise, you know, um, adapting to the game, you know, learning yourself a little bit as well, you know. So in year two, you kind of have, you know, some familiarity with certain things that you've done well, certain things that you need to improve upon, you know, and different things like that. And you're also able to put, you know, uh, yourself and put people uh, in situations going into that second year for you to improve upon those things that you want to. So, you know, for a lot of guys, you know, that, that, that year one to year two, you know, typically is a big jump for guys. Alan, this is a, another training camp for you. You've had several other ones. How does this experience uh, for you compare to St. Vincent? You know, it's been cool. You know, again, um, for me, uh, being in Chicago, you know, I had experience of, you know, having uh, camp away out of college, you know, so being able to kind of, you know, reflect on that a little bit, you know, um, uh, coming here, I was able to do that, you know. But, again, man, training camp, you know, for me, I always try to keep the main thing the main thing, which is, you know, coming here to work, you know, figuring out things that I want to get get better and get accomplished, you know, in that period, you know, before the season, you know, and being able to kind of take note of those things on a day-to-day basis, you know, and, and, and continue to evaluate myself, you know, as far as, you know, things that I'm, things that I'm liking, things that I'm not liking, you know, um, and how I can, you know, improve upon those things and find ways to complement those things that I need to get better. Are you ahead of where you thought you would be or hope to be uh, physically right now? Uh, I, w- I would say so, you know, again, when you're going through an injury process, you know, um, especially something like a foot, you know, again, um, uh, it's a lot that kind of goes into it, you know, but for me, you know, from the time that I got here, you know, being able to do my rehab and staying focused on that, you know, from the time that I spent away, you know, after OTAs, again, staying um, 100% locked in into that and, you know, continue to improve myself, you know, um, um, I like where I'm at, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, uh, exactly where I, where, where I want to be at or satisfied where I'm at, you know, but again, being able to improve each and every day, you know, that's that's what I'm planning to do. And I've been able to see that, you know, over the past six weeks and even the six weeks before that, you know, so I'm going to continue to do that. You didn't have to begin the year on the pup list or anything like that. No, so no, yeah. Occurred. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, um, you know, coming off of OTAs, you know, um, I have felt pretty good, so I didn't I didn't think that would be the case. But, you know, again, um, it's kind of two parts to an injury. One is, you know, being healed, and then one is, you know, getting back to, getting back to yourself, you know, and that's being able to get reps, you know, uh, ask certain things, being able to get, you know, and then also evaluate yourself, you know, um, in those reps to figure out, like I said before, what you need to get better, you know, whether that's repetition that needs to improve that, if that's stuff in the weight room that needs to complement that, or how you go about those things to get better. In OTAs, you said you thought you had enough time to get caught up before you got here, so you obviously, you felt you did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, I have a pretty good uh, training team around me, you know, um, when I go into the off season, you know, so I mean, I spent a ton of time with those guys, you know, uh, like I said before, continue to uh, evaluate things that I want to get better and how I can, you know, continue to improve and, you know, uh, continue to improve upon my explosiveness and things like that coming off an of injury. You know, like I said before, you know, it's kind of two parts to it. You know, once you're healed, now you have to get back to yourself, you know, and that's being able to create different angles with your body and things like that that may have limit you as you're going through the recovery process or certain limitations that an injury has, you know, uh, has uh, brought to you. Alan, I know you're sweet mates with George Pickens, and obviously, you know, you help him out on the field, but what kind of extra mentorship happens in the dorms when you guys can kind of live near each other like this for a couple weeks? Yeah, um, a lot. You know, again, like I said before, you know, you get you get an understanding and, and, and get to know guys a little bit more, you know, as far as, you know, uh, 
off-season things and different things like that, you know, and just conversations come up, you know, again, uh, for me, you know, having uh, a good amount of experience in this league, you know, I'm always talking to guys about, you know, many different things, you know, guys talk to you about financial things, guys talk to you about on the field things, guys talk to you about, you know, off-season regimens, you know, guys talk about, you know, how you're able to, you know, stay, you know, stay in the league and stay, you know, consistent how long you have it. So it's it's many different conversations that happens, you know, and, and for myself, you know, I, I enjoy it, you know, when I first came into the NFL, you know, uh, I was, we didn't have too many vets, you know, when I came into the NFL, we started three rookies um, that year and then three second year players my second year, you know, so being able to kind of, you know, think about where I was at, you know, from year one to year two and as a younger player and, and, and kind of what knowledge would I have liked to seek and things that I would have liked to hear at that standpoint, you know, so just always trying to, you know, do that and stand encouraging to the guys. Do you ask to have him as a sweet man or is that an assignment? No, I mean, it was something that just kind of came up, you know, but again, I mean, for me, you know, it's, it's, it's many different aspects, you know, when you're playing in this league, you know, uh, that go a long way, not just, you know, on the field, but also, you know, being a good teammate, you know, and, and you know, that can be done in, in various different ways. And that's being able to give guys, you know, uh, um, things to be aware of mentally, you know, that's to be able to help guys out, you know, with things that they want to get accomplished with their body, whether that's training-wise, tape-wise, you know, so there's many different things, you know, and again, I mean, I'm, I've been blessed to be in, going into my 10th training camp, you know, so, you know, I give I give as much as I can back to the game because the game has been very good to me. Alan, you don't think there was any small coincidence that they put the promising second-year receiver with the veterans? No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Like I said before, man, for me, I mean, one of my um, one of my best years in my career was my second year, you know, so I have, you know, I can I can definitely relate to that, you know, and and, and being able to reflect on that, you know, is, is, is pretty cool seeing a guy who has so much talent, you know, again, I remember when I was in my second year kind of coming into training camp, you know, again, and, and, and finding my way, you know, as a person who had talent, but then being able to untap, you know, and, and it was a good feeling, you know, so I want to I want to help not only myself and our receiver room, you know, Steelers wide receiver Allen Robinson speaking with the media yesterday and Labs on the field. I think he is still a very productive player, but you know, a couple of reporters asked him about this at the end of that interview there. The veteran leadership that he has with this receiving room, it's been a few years, hasn't it, since there's been a true vet in that room for some of the younger guys to look up to? Yeah, I mean, you know, when uh, certainly there was a void there when Heinz Ward's career ended, um, when he retired. And, um, you know, again, we, and we talked about this a little bit in one of the uh, previous shows, you know, the Steelers have been undergoing a, a several season rebuild. Mm -hmm. I know that's a, a, a four letter word to use around <laughs> it's here. It's very and, dirty, yes. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I do think that, um, you know, the reality is that's what it was. And certainly wide receiver was one of those situations where, um, you know, you had to, you had some really good players who were productive for a long time. And then, you know, it takes time to replenish that. And uh, you can you can address the position in the draft. You can address the position with high picks in the draft. You know, we always heard about how uh, accomplished the Steelers were at, you know, drafting good receivers. Well, but yes, you can do that and they can be accomplished. But it takes time, you know, for them to become veterans and to be get to a place where Heinz Ward was, where Allen Robinson is now, and you know, become that kind of help um, to some of the younger guys. And you, you know, I what happened a little bit in the past. You know, I think the Steelers went with some stopgap things. You know, Jericho Cotchery is an example. You know, they they added him. Uh, you know, he was a veteran. 
He came here. He was he was good at that. You know, Darius Hayward Bay was another kind of guy who was a you know a veteran who had some uh, you know mileage, but maybe a little bit of tread on the tire and 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 still were you know maybe they weren't um, the dynamic receivers uh, in the room anymore. But you know they had that perspective that you were just talking about, and you could give a guy a younger player. Uh, and to use this specific example, as Alan Robinson was talking about George Pickens, you can give him a little bit of perspective about, as he was saying, you know, things uh, to expect uh, around the league now as, you know, George Pickens, um, he he's going to learn how defenses, you know, a lot of them may have spent a good bit of the offseason trying to neutralize him. Okay, so what do you do when that happens? You know, it's, it's a lot of punching and counter-punching that kind of goes on. And, you know, maybe Allen Robinson is providing George Pickens with a little bit of, you know, a look around the corner, a look into the future, and maybe he has some tips for him on how to, not only what to expect, but then maybe how to deal with it himself. You know, how do you neutralize their attempt to neutralize you? And, you know, the taking care of your body and, and things like that. Now, this... This isn't a, an example of the receivers, but that's what James Ferrier was spectacular about. James Ferrier, in my opinion, uh, one of the great leaders in this era of the franchise, you know, the, the 2000s. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, he was a guy who, he was a veteran, but he didn't come off as a, glorified coach or a de facto assistant coach when he would approach young players because if you if you give off that vibe you know you want to be more their brother than their dad if right, you know what i mean right. in terms of how they how they view you and so james farrier he would have i want it, it, uh, gatherings i guess is a good word at his house once a week and he would bring in he would have you know, massage therapist there, maybe a chiropractor there, um, you know, some good food. They would talk, uh, you know, guys could, they, they got a chance to see, you know, some things, some of the things that maybe went into getting your body ready for um, what, what was required from it over the course of an NFL regular season, you know, taking care of yourself. And they could talk about all kinds of things. And that was a well-attended um, event for lack of a better word, and, uh, you know, it had an impact. And so, you know, you need these kinds of guys um, to kind of pass along to the younger generation, the upcoming generation, uh, because a guy could come into the league and, uh, you know, burst upon the league and uh, have some success and, you know, kind of like George Pickens did last year, just doing some things that, you know, wow, you know, this guy is wow, look at him. Uh, but then, you know, how do you take that and then either sustain it or improve upon it or adjust it as the league adjusts to you? And, uh, you know, if you don't have any help doing that, um, you know, it's, it's a very, very tough situation to kind of figure it out on your own. And coaches can only do so much. I mean, there is, uh, again, it's a just a natural, um, I believe, tendency for players to listen to other players more because, 
I don't know. Like I said, it's more like a brother than a dad. You can relate to them uh, a little I, bit I, easier. Yeah. And uh, so, um, yeah, it, it's good to have those kinds of people uh, around. And uh, in you need more than one. You know, you uh, and you, you know, your quarterback is young now, too. So it's not that kind of situation where, you know, the veteran quarterback might be, uh, you know, giving out pearls of wisdom or whatever. And so, yeah, Allen Robinson, um, certainly based on what he showed in the first practice. And here I go again. I want to, you know, throw out the disclaimer. It's only the first practice. But he looks like a guy who still has some ability physical ability to do some things that can help the team and you know as he was talking about being George Pickens sweet mate up here um, you know there's some there's some opportunities to um, you know to, to to have some conversations with people to get real you know spend some time that, that's part of the uh, one of the things that Mike Tomlin really likes about this kind of training camp you know yeah you're in a dormitory and yeah it's awful and yeah, 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 but then you have some um, unclocked moments or unscheduled moments in everyday schedule that players are with each other, and that's when you hope that you know you have some good veteran ones who can help bring along some of the promising younger ones. What is a very big day for Steelers Nation? The Hall of Honor class of 2023 will be revealed later this afternoon during a program at St. Vincent College, and if you're not able to attend on campus today, there is a way for you to watch from the comfort of your own couch. There's several ways for you to watch that way. We'll share those with you and talk about that Hall of Honor um, ceremony that will be happening later today, the importance of that honor for some of these Steelers to get. That's on the way next here on the Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. The 2023 Hall of Honor class for your Pittsburgh Steelers will be announced today at 1 p.m. during a program on campus at St. Vincent College. But Labs, you said you're going to spoil it for us right now, right? You're going to scoop the whole entire ceremony? You're going to tell us who the class is? No, what I'm going to do uh, is I'm going to tell you who's not in it. Okay? <laughs> thought I could get you there. You are not in it, ah. and I am not in it. We just you know, missed we, the cut, though, right? Just oh yeah, just missed. There were only like six or seven thousand people ahead of us, <laughs> but you know, maybe next year. Maybe next um, year. There's always next year. Yeah, but I, I I can tell you there there are four people going in, um, and the four people who are going in, you know, there's there's a six man uh, selection committee, um, and you know, I am you're a part of that, yes. And, yeah, to be to, to be a part of that, and um, it and was that committee really every, takes this seriously. I mean, uh, that might go without saying, but this is a a very you know big project close to all of your hearts in that committee. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's important to the Steelers. I mean, it's important to the franchise. It's important to Art Rooney, um, and so yeah, everybody's everybody's serious about it. I mean, it's not a you know a, a slap it around kind of thing. There's there's thought, there's discussion. Um, I, I will say this, uh, it is always um, very civil. Um, you know, I've never, I don't know anything about what goes on in the Hall of Fame uh, Board of Selectors meetings, but I have heard that you oh, know, yeah. leaked a little, you know, sometimes it gets, gets a little, a little heated, contentious. Yep. Yeah, um, but that's never been the case uh, with our little group. And, um, 
you know, I, I each time we have done this, you know, the first year was 2017. Um, each year we have done this, it has been uh, when it ends, uh, it, you know, everybody's happy with the uh, outcome. So I, I think that that's another uh, example. We'll see another example of that today. The announcement will be made at one o'clock. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm sure that fans looking at it, you know, they have their own uh, maybe favorites or hopes or whatever, and maybe there's a little disappointment if their favorite or hope hopeful uh, individual doesn't get in. Um, but I do think that, you know, once it's looked at rationally, um, all of the people who are uh, going to be honored uh, this this year uh, are worthy. Now, on campus, do you know exactly what building this program will be taking place in, and do you know if it's open to the public because there's some seating available? Uh, it's in the Rogers Center. Um, you know, I don't. It's it's uh, it, it's it's kind of like the for lack of a better description, and I'm not familiar with every building on this campus, but it's kind of like a media-type center. You know, it's named after Fred Rogers, and he was in the media. And so I think any kind of um, radio or TV things that the, that the college does... Um, Happens there, you know, in a, right. In a gra- you're right, in a grander scale. Certainly not. We're, we're not there doing this. Um, but, you know, a lot of the, the major kinds of things, that is a facility that is equipped for that. And so it's there. Um, I do believe there is some uh, availability for fans to attend. I don't know how you have to do that. I'm sorry. I can't give a lot of detail uh, on that. But I do remember last year because, you know, there, there was a little bit of a, a hiatus from training camp during 2020 and 2021. Right. And then, so we went back to the Rogers Center last last summer, and yes, there were some fans I remember in in the actual uh, auditorium type room where the announcement is going to be made. And then, you know, NFL Network is here. Judy Batista from NFL Network is here. She is going to. Uh, I I remember I heard her talking about it last night. She has like a four hour window where I'm not saying she's going to be on. NFL Network is going to be on for four straight hours covering Steelers training camps, but there may be cut-ins and outs because mm. this is part of that back-together weekend yes. that the NFL is doing. So there's there's going to be a lot of, um, with NFL Network anyway, a lot of coverage of a lot of the other areas, or a, lot, a lot of the other teams in the areas where they're having training camp. But the Steelers will have you know some recognition, some airtime, and it will focus on um, the Hall of Honor. I also understand that Mike Tomlin will be uh, on the set, I guess you call it, uh, for N- with NFL Network with Judy nice. at some point. So um, when that is exactly, I don't know. Whether they're going to run it live, I don't know, or it's taped to live. You know, you uh, media types are in that <laughs> business, you know, know all those uh, terms and stuff. But, yes, there, there's a lot of things that are planned and, and I think it should be uh, a very nice event and, again, enjoyable and, and hopefully informative for Steelers fans as well. And if you can't attend in person, the announcement is going to be streamed live on Steelers.com, the Steelers official mobile app, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We're going to be airing it here on SNR as well. So, so many ways you can get your Hall of Honor ceremony. Um, and Labs will be on stage too, right? So, I mean, what more would you want? More Labs in your life. You can't get any better. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, and if anyone needs water or coffee, I'm sure that you know, I'll be available to deliver it. That's my job. How dare you? Just quit stepping on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for today's training camp report, but our coverage from training camp continues next. We go in the locker room with Wolf and Starks right here on Steelers Nation Radio. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.